1: And what do you think?
2: I think it's time to tell people to choose wisely. Choose Wendy's new, sweet, and crispy homestyle French toast sticks. That's still not an answer.
1: At participating U.S. Wendy's during breakfast hours.
2: Hello, everybody. This is your favorite Bronze Age comic book podcast, Flea Market Fantasy. I am your co host, Mike L., and as always, I'm joined by Michael Dell of the LCS Radio Show. That's right, and once again, we have a returning guest host this week. Will you please say hello, G.I. Jolie? Hello, everybody! <laughs>
1: Jolie, welcome back. <sighs> now, let let me take care of a, uh, an accounting error that I made. The last time you were on, Jolie, I said it was your second appearance, but actually, it was your third appearance. What? <laughs> yeah, because remember, we recorded two episodes on one day around Christmas time, so you were here for the uh Christmas with the superheroes oh. where the uh, prostitute superman and then we <laughs> did iron man or
2: power man and iron fist remember uh, that? I completely forgot about that holy it's moly so memorable so i then,
1: forgot so then you were here recently for the ninja turtles mm-hmm. and now you're here again for this week so that's four appearances Whoa. And now we've said all along that if a guest comes on five times, we give him a smoking jacket. So <laughs> I think Fine. this means, Jolie, this was probably going to be your final appearance because we're really cheap and we do not want to buy someone a smoking jacket.
0: Smoking jackets are non-essential right
1: now. So <laughs> Oh, loophole. Yeah, we don't have <laughs> there to There you do. go. There you go. There you go. I get it. I get
0: it. Yeah,
1: all right. <laughs> so we'll just put an asterisk next to that. In case of a global pandemic, we don't have to buy you a smoking jacket. So, all right. That goes
0: for everybody else too <laughs> Cousin Brandon
1: <laughs> Yeah well you got a two appearance lead now on everybody. You're like starting to break away from the pack mm-hmm. yeah, so. I'm just
0: trying to push Larry out
1: <laughs> Hi welcome
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <Sorry. laughs>
1: Alright Michael so uh, tell the kids what we're doing this week.
2: Ah uh, yes we're going back to 1980 I believe right? 1980? Yeah. Yes New Teen Titans number two so this is it's very confusing, but this is volume one of yes. the new, of the new Teen Titans, but there would already been a Teen Titans before this.
1: <laughs> yeah, we'll get into the history in a minute. Yeah. But uh, Mike Dell, why did you pick this issue?
2: Well, I like to tie things together, and so last episode, Mike Dell picked the first appearance of Taskmaster, created by George Perez, and since deathstroke the terminator has almost exactly the same costume and he was also <laughs> created by george prez i figured yeah. we you know review an issue of teen titans his first appearance
1: yep his first appearance of deathstroke the terminator and he is a complete ripoff of taskmaster
2: yeah. <laughs> yes <laughs> he is
1: <laughs> yep. now jolie uh how do you feel about the teen titans are you familiar okay. with their work
0: <laughs> I am familiar. Yeah, They're uh, very accomplished published writers. Now, um, Yeah, I guess so. I know what they all, I know their names, which I was surprised about. Yeah. I kind of get what they all do. I didn't realize that there are, um, you know, so many of them. I guess yeah. I mean, when you think about it, your your mind immediately thinks, oh, maybe like three or four. are like six of them, six or seven, six. six.
1: Yeah, I think there's seven, right? seven let's
0: go back to the yeah uh yeah there's seven of
1: them so that's a lot yeah yeah a
0: yeah. so lot we'll to keep track of they kept appearing and then they kept appearing in bathing suits and i was like what?
1: <laughs> yes what's happening we'll talk about that because michael at least three times in this issue i thought a porn was going to break out yeah it
2: was, <laughs> if only
1: right it's pretty real all
2: right
1: so uh now but you've never read teen titans Jolie.
0: Um, no, I've tried uh, and I've owned because I I buy single issues that I uh, find in like quarter bins, um, just because I really like the art of George Perez. But I've never I've never gotten a run of them. Okay, in order to read them.
1: So I have only read one issue: uh, Teen Titans and the X Men, the crossover they did, which I mentioned last week. Uh, Walt Simonson was the artist on that, and I am familiar though with them, Mike because. I have two nephews. Uh, okay. The older nephew, uh, when he was a kid, he loved the Teen Titans. So I got him all the toys. We watched the cartoon, uh, played video games. So I'm familiar with like the basic Teen Titan stuff. But then, Michael, like, oh, I, I realized my nephew is now 19 years old, and that <laughs> was like 15 years ago. Wow. T- and I am so so old. Uh huh. I, I know the feeling. Very depressed. but uh, going back to what jolie said about being so many of them because i think from my experience with my nephew i remember robin uh cyborg beast boy raven and starfire yeah but in this team here we also get kid flash right Mm -hmm. and is there someone else who else am i missing? uh the chain did you say changeling well beast boy he was yeah. called
0: beast boy okay yeah uh star uh wonder girl sorry
1: wonder, girl. wonder yep. girl yeah there it is yeah she wasn't there so there i'm more used to the five and now this is seven mm. So that's two extra teens just for you
2: michael enjoy. <laughs> so but michael were you a big teen titans fan I was never a huge fan, but uh, as you are aware, I'm a huge fan of Crisis on Infinite Earths, right? And that is by Marv Wolfman and George Perez, and so that kind of made me a Perez fan for life. And so I definitely had scattered issues of New Teen Titans, and I had the, you know, the Baxter series that came later. I had the first five issues of that. But I, I mean, I definitely liked the stories, but I was never a huge fan of Marv, Wolf- Marv Wolfman, yeah. And so, you know, I always I considered this kind of like DC's version of the X-Men, and I guess it kind of just shows that I always say, like, Chris Claremont's writing better because I've read, like, pretty much every X-Men he ever wrote, so.
1: Yeah. There's definitely an X-Men kind of vibe here. Because yeah. Keep in mind, this is 80, so, like, the X-Men were super popular, like, 77, 78, 79, so. Uh, That's right. I'm sure they're trying to cash in. All right, so let's get into the history here of the Teen Titans. Uh, They were created by Bob Haney and Bruno Premiani, originally, originally, Hmm. the original Teen Titans. Michael, what can you tell us about them? I'm sure you're big fans of theirs.
2: Well, I know a little bit. I know that it was basically, they weren't even named when they first appeared. It was just a team up between, it was Robin, Kid Flash, and Speedy, right? Nope aqualad aqualad speedy came later
1: yeah speedy is uh the green arrows chum right right yeah he he comes in much later wonder girl joined uh four issues later yeah because they made the premiere in uh brave and the bold 54 from 1964 right and, and those three fellas teamed up to fight mr twister <laughs> okay. Now I know Jolie's a big Mister Twister fan. I'm sure. She-
0: <laughs> oh, absolutely.
1: <laughs> oh. We go
0: back. To- <laughs> We're part of the same knitting circle.
1: Apparently, Mister Twister uh, was a villain who could control the weather. He could control the weather.
2: What a great name! Anyway, yes,
1: I guess tornadoes and stuff played into it. Uh, so then, Wonder Girl joined the team four issues later in issue 60. Okay. But then Speedy came in later than that. But uh, yeah, he eventually showed up. Um, I don't know if he was ever an official member. He just like, hung around. I don't know. Because really, if your name's Speedy, we don't want you in our club. I'm sorry. <laughs> just can't have you. Uh, so then they got their own series in 1966, but that was canceled in 1973 after 43 issues. Mm-hmm. So then they were relaunched in mm-hmm. 1980 as the New Teen Titans. Mm-hmm. And that's where we are today, the new Team yeah, Titans. Yeah. And this is where it gets really confusing, though, Michael, because uh, they... Uh, well, well, this
2: can team- I quite yeah, one thing? Because it was canceled and then brought back in the 70s. Because they, they canceled it and then they brought... You know, back then they would never reboot. So they just brought it back at whatever odd number it was at, like 43 or whatever. Really? And they had... A, yeah, they brought it back with a couple new members like Bumblebee. You know, the, the black girl who's in the cartoons now? See, I have no
1: idea who Bumblebee is, but I've seen, I saw that name when I was reading up about Teen, twin t- teen Titans, and I had no idea who she is.
2: Yeah, oh, that's, yeah. so that's where she was brought in. Uh, there was Bumblebee, there was, um, oh geez, like, uh, oh, it, it, they're all escaping me now, but yeah, there was like a handful of new members, and then that only lasted like a year, and that was by Merv Wolfman as well, and then that oh. got canceled, yeah. I missed canceled that. in 77, I think.
1: So then uh, this new team was created by Marv Wolfman and George Perez, the uh, creative team behind the issue we'll be reviewing today. And they uh, first appeared in DC Comics Presents issue 26. Yep. And and then they started their own series like the same month or a month later or whatever. And this series lasted for 40 issues until 1984. And then, Mike L. they renamed it Tales of the Teen Titans. That's right. And they kept that rolling yeah. And
2: then they started volume 2 of was it still the New Teen Titans? Yeah, it was still called the New Teen Titans. Volume Yeah. New Teen Titans <laughs> volume 2 number 1. Yes. This is so
1: confusing because they were running Tales of Teen Titans and New Teen Titans volume 2 at the same time. Yeah. But Tales of Teen Titans actually went back in time 6 months before the beginning of volume 2 Teen Titans.
2: Uh you well this is what they did was okay, so are you following along this with his Jolie.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm clocked We're, out. Okay, We're gonna, so there's this going to be a quiz. So, so what attention. this what
2: they did was the New Teen Titans was going was re- a really good seller, and so was Legion of Superheroes, and so was the Outsiders. So okay. they decided to launch three new new number ones. This was the beginning of new number ones. Okay. All right. They 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 launched three new series: New Teen Titans, uh, Legion of Superheroes, and Outsiders as new number ones with Baxter paper, which is the thick white paper. Okay. But then they kept the old series going with the original numbering and they called them Tales of the Teen Titans, Adventures of the Outsiders, and I think Tales of the Legion of Superheroes. And what they did was for one year, each of them had new stories, but the Baxter series was set a year in the future. So then when the, the old series caught up to, like, it went, once it went past the year, they would stop having new stories and then start reprinting the Baxter series. That was the whole point of it. So basically, New Teen Titans, or sorry, uh, Tail. oh shit. What was yeah, it called? It's, it's just a mess. Yeah. <laughs> Tales of the Teen Titans number 39 reprints DC Comics Presents number 26. And then okay. Tales of the Teen Titans, I think, 40, 40 reprints New Teen Titans number one or something like that. I can't remember. But uh, that's basically what they did. And the reason is because the Baxter series was only available in comic shops and the new and the the old series were available in comic shops and in newsstands. So who that's was, why
1: Who was yeah. running DC and in, in charge of their continuity? Was it just like a bunch of chimps with typewriters? Yeah, exactly. This is horrible. Very confusing, very confusing. And I don't know. They
0: just wanted to make sure that no one wanted to read it. That's
1: all. Yeah, this is like the most convoluted way to set up a series. It wasn't and, uh, smart, yeah.
2: It yeah, did sell so well though.
1: Yeah. All right, so that brings us where we are today. New Teen Titans number two. Yay. All right, so (laughs) now there are some characters we need to discuss here. The the main character is Robin, of course. I think everyone's familiar with him. Dick Grayson. Yep. And then Mike Yowell, correct me if I'm wrong, but he becomes
2: Nightwing, right? Yes, later on, yep. Now, why did he become Nightwing? Well, the idea is that, uh, you mean behind the scenes or in the story? Either one. Uh, because because dc unfortunately started aging all their characters and so dick grayson got too old to be the okay. boy wonder so he later oh. became the teen wonder and then i think what happened was mark wolfman wanted to age him even more and I, I don't think the batman editors wanted them to wanted him to so they said okay well why not why don't you just give dick grayson a new identity and we'll just create a new robin i think that's what happened so they let him keep Dick Grayson and turn him into Nightwing, and then the Batman writers—they just created Jason Todd, the second Robin. I think that's what happened.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um, and, and the Teen Titans eventually aged out of being the Teen Titans. They were just called,
2: well, what the Titans or the? They were called the New Titans. Ooh, the New Titans. And then later the Titans. Yeah, it's okay. very very confusing. All right. So then we got Wonder Girl, and
1: <clears throat> she is Donna Troy. Yes. And uh, as we mentioned, she first appeared in the Brave and the Bold issue sixty.
2: And so she's Wonder Woman's sister? Yeah, well, adopted sister. <laughs> she was rescued from a burning building by Wonder Woman. And so then she was adopted and raised on uh, Paradise Island. But <laughs> how does she have powers? Uh, it depends what decade and what writer you're asking. But I can't remember. I think she was given powers by the Titans or something. <laughs> by, the, by the Titans of Myth. Not these Titans. The Titans of Myth.
1: They gave them to her for for Christmas. Like yeah, there you exactly. go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> See now, Jolie, are you familiar with Wonder Girl and her history? Because I have no um, idea about any of this.
0: Not totally. Uh, I definitely <laughs> yeah. don't. I definitely don't know how she got her powers, but I do happen to have her Wikipedia page open. So oh, nice. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah I, I don't know. I I just assumed she was like Wonder Woman's sister. I didn't know about the adoption part.
2: Yeah, she's not like actually blood related no she's not like a uh what's her island of Themyscira yeah she's not from there the other confusing thing is when she was first introduced in the comics she was like Superboy she was just the younger version of of Wonder Woman in the past but then this writer named Bob Haney who had no regard for continuity basically one day just said ah you know what she's actually separate let's just put her in the, the Teen Titans and I think that's what happened Yeah. So then they had to make up an origin later. Yeah. DC DC. is a mess. Yeah. There was was no continuity back then. They just did whatever they wanted.
1: All right. So then we get Kid Flash. And this is Wally West. And he's the third Flash. Uh, His first.
2: Yeah. He later becomes the Flash. Yes. Yeah. 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 Later.
1: Yeah. Uh, His first appearance was in the Flash 110 in 1960, created by John Broom and Carmine Infantino. Yep. So the first Flash is the guy we talked about in All-Star Squadron and stuff with the helmet and right. the red shirt. Then we got the uh, second Flash, which was Barry Allen, right? Yes. And then Kid Flash. Do you know how he became Kid Flash, Michael?
2: I believe, I believe uh, Barry Allen, the first Flash, was showing him the chemicals yeah. that – were struck by lightning that gave him his powers and yep. then just by sheer coincidence, <laughs> another bolt right. of lightning came <laughs> through the window and and hit the chemicals and gave Wally West the same powers. Yes. Isn't that great? Um <laughs> uh,
1: I think that's also how the comic book syndicate was formed, right? <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's one in seven hundred thousand.
1: <laughs> Michael right. was showing Jolie the chemicals yeah, and Julie the lightning bolt came in. <laughs> and, But uh, another point, uh, uh, Wally West was visiting his aunt, who he considered his best friend, and his aunt was dating Barry Allen at the time. Yes. So that's how it all came together. Uh, All right. So that's that. Cyborg, uh, he's Victor Stone, and his first appearance was in DC Comics Presents 26 when the new Teen Titans premiered. And so he was created by Wolfman and Perez. Um, Jolie, do you know anything about Cyborg?
0: Um, Yeah, that he's just a... Uh, it was he tested i don't know if he's tested on or if
1: yeah, it seems to be the case, like his parents were scientists, and they were doing experiments on him
0: <laughs> yeah and, and I'm not sure if it was at, if it was had, was always had to do with star labs, but that's where he so. was created and I don't know if it was because of an accident due to his incredible athletic nature or what so i don't I, re- I don't really know his backstory. I just sort of kind of pieced it together from the television
1: show. Yeah, like cuz I was thinking at the television show, the early one, Mike Michael, do you remember the early uh, like Justice League show from the early 80s?
2: Uh, you mean, well, Super Friends or Super Yeah, Super, Super Friends. Yes, yeah. because
1: then didn't Cyborg show up eventually on that? Yes. I think that's where I first saw him.
2: Yeah, that's where I first saw him too. Like he I think he I don't think he came in until the very last season in like 1984 yeah. or something like so yeah, when dark was side was involved and exactly, all Exactly, right. Um, which is when it got really good in my opinion,
1: but anyway. But uh apparently the reason he became the the cyborg guy was because uh his parents were conducting experiments at Star Labs and they somehow summoned an interdimensional gelatinous creature. <laughs> and that <laughs> creature killed his mom and totally like messed him up real bad. Like he was about to die. But his dad got rid of the creature somehow, and then and the only way he could save his son was to make him half a robot. <laughs> so he, he gave him cybernetic technology and something called Promethean plating, which I guess in DC's universe, that is like the equivalent of adamantium.
2: Yeah, but in this issue, he uses a different metal. I believe he uses a different word for it, but oh. we'll get to that later, yeah.
1: Uh, so he's basically half robot, half fella. Half uh,
2: yeah, fella, yep.
1: <laughs> and that's what he is. All right, so that's Cyborg. Um, the Changeling. Now, Mike yeah. uh yeah, he's called the Changeling here, but m- more modern Teen Titans viewers will know him as Beast Boy. And he was well, originally Beast Boy, right? Yeah,
2: which is confusing because Mark Wolfen thought Changeling was too like, I don't know what, old-fashioned or embarrassing? So, yeah, the changes isn't the changeling, but Beast Boy's cooler, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah, I suppose. Uh His real name is Garfield Logan, so if Wolverine were a cat who liked lasagna, yeah. <laughs>
2: he would
1: be this guy. And yep. he premiered in Doom Patrol 99, 1965, created by Arnold Drake and Brad Brown. Mm-hmm. Apparently, he had a rare disease called Sakushia. Mm-hmm. Sakushia. And the only way it was cured... Was with a serum derived from a green monkey, Michael. Really? A green monkey. <laughs> this makes Beast Boy my favorite hero ever. <laughs> and he got his powers derived from a monkey. So, yeah, it, the serum turned him green, and now he can change his body into any kind of uh, animal. He's got Boy. a cool look, that's for sure. Yeah, I suppose.
0: <laughs> I wonder if they changed it from the changeling because of its association with like folklore.
2: Maybe. Because then people would assume that he has magic.
1: Hmm.
0: Which he yeah. doesn't.
2: He's just more like the beast. Yeah, like beast boy sounds more like a classic superhero name. Even though yeah. it does sound oh, a little boy. ridiculous. But And of course, back in those days with uh, DC Michael
1: and those legions of superheroes, everyone was named boy or girl.
2: Or lad or lass. Yeah. <laughs> or <Yeah>. chick. <laughs> chick. No, there was no chick. But I think they used to call Wonder Girl Wonder Chick. Yes, that that's what Wonder I'm referring to. Yeah, <laughs> Wonder Chick. Seriously,
1: they actually called her Wonder Chick. Yeah, oh chick yes, name. they did. Yep, that's pretty awesome.
0: It was her All official right. nickname: Wonder Chick.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. So uh, next we have Raven. Her real name is Rachel Roth. Uh, DC Comics presents 1980 again. That's where she premiered. Wolfman and Perez created her. Uh, basically, her mother joined the Church of Blood Cult. <laughs> yeah, and then she was raped by the demon Trigon. Yeah, just and your basic witch. Yeah, so I'm guessing this is ba- uh, what's the big movie? Uh, Rosemary's Baby. It's basically Rosemary's Baby, uh huh. Except it's she's a lady instead of, uh, so she goes and she's raised in a interdimensional realm called Azarath, and so she's basically like a sorceress, right, my Like, this. yeah, uh, yeah, kind of, yeah. So uh, there's Raven, and Starfire is the final member of the team. Her real name is Coriander, not to be confused with her sister Cilantro. (laughs) Did you have that written down? That's an herb joke, Jolie. An (laughs) herb joke.
0: I love it. It's my favorite. (laughs) It's part of my three
1: C's. (sighs) uh, Cats,
0: crackers, and coriander.
1: Cats, crackers, and coriander. And uh, her premiere was in DC Comics Presents 26. Wolfman and Perez created her. She comes from the planet Tamarin, I believe is how you pronounce it.
2: Yeah, I think so.
1: She does have a sister, but her name is Commander. Yeah. And Mike, do you
2: know her backstory? Would you like to explain it? I honestly, other than this, I don't know much. I just know she's from an alien race and she's a princess, but I don't know much more than that.
1: Yeah, she was a princess, but I guess her sister was older than her. So, her sister was supposed to become, like, the heir, the official heir to the throne or whatever. Okay. But her sister didn't have – she was somehow sick or she didn't have Starfire's uh, abilities. So, okay. she got passed over. So, Starfire was named the princess. And so, that caused a bunch of jealousy. And then something else happened where their father, like, traded them to, like, an evil empire to keep the peace. Okay. And so her and her sister were in prison for years. And then uh, apparently they were, like, sexually abused and stuff for years. Yikes. Yeah, and they they did experiments on them. And those experiments are what gave her her starfire power. She can shoot (laughs) these energy rays. But it also made her so powerful that she got out and, like, escaped. But I think her sister was, like, in with the bad guys to get revenge on her because, you know, she got passed over. So she escaped to Earth. And that's where she is now with the Teen Titans Hmm. star. And she like, at the beginning of this issue, she can't speak English. Right. And she seems like she, uh, her personality is kind of very flirtatious and also violent.
2: Yes. So she, she's very like willing to kill or willing, willing to punish.
1: Yeah. Because she was being experimented on for six years in a prison so uh, she's a little yeah. crazy like that. All right, so then we got Strike the Terminator, real name Slade Wilson. Uh his backstory, holy yeah, we'll get into that later because it will ruin some stuff if we talk about it now. Yeah. And then uh finally we got to mention the Hive. Apparently it's a uh evil organization that, that Hive stands for Hierarchy of International Vengeance and Eliminations. <laughs> which That's is very, like a yeah. They're to cover all
2: their
1: bases. <laughs> yeah. Ridiculous name. And, Mike, this is just a ripoff of Hydra, Michael. That's all this is.
2: Yeah, you could say that. Yep. Yeah.
1: So, man, comic books. You see a good idea, just steal it from someone else. Mm-hmm. All right, so, Michael, that brings us to
2: the book, finally. Um, all right. So, talk let's, cover. Yeah, let's talk about this cover. Um, this is a classic case of, in my opinion the exact wrong way to introduce a new villain, but I'll explain. So, at the top it says, can this truly be the end of the new Teen Titans? This is, mind you, the second issue, okay? (laughs) So then we have this guy... Yeah, we're done. We're done after two issues.
1: They're all dead on the cover. (laughs) We're closing up shop. (laughs) It was a bad idea. We're just (laughs) ending it. The two issues.
2: So yeah, we've got this guy on the cover, and he's like, you're too late to save your fellow Titans, Raven. I've just killed them all, but then there's another guy in the background obscured by a tree, and it says, <laughs> Wrong, you didn't kill them. I did. Yeah. Uh, that's a, what I, I don't know what to say about that, other than that, that is not an enticing reason to read a story, <laughs> to read that dialogue exchange, but whatever. So yeah, so the the bad guy, the other bad guy is holding Robin. All the teen Titans are defeated at, at his feet, and then Raven is kind of looking at him. And then the guy uh, obscured by the tree is Deathstroke, and he's all half in shadow. Yeah. And we, we learned that
1: this other guy is named Ravager, who yeah. we get into. Ravager. <laughs> really. But uh, Jolie, uh, you mentioned all the heroes are dead there in the foreground. This is a pretty classic comic book cover concept heroes all dead and a villain triumphant. Um, but Jolie, did you like the cover?
0: Um I mean I like a good superhero on repose. Uh, <laughs> I guess it had colors, it had shapes of lines, <laughs> it had um, thigh-high boots <laughs> yes. and thigh-high slits. It was uh and it was very fashion forward. <laughs> for yeah,
1: thighs so. Thigh-high boots on a man too, not just on Oh a, yeah, like, and
0: yeah. you can't just wear like any old belt with your um you know with your sword you gotta wear a gold shiny solid gold belt yeah Mm -hmm. i don't know i just uh yeah i i I like the cover it was it's sort of ridiculous in a perfect way um (laughs) it doesn't tell me too much it almost doesn't tell me to buy it for sure (laughs) but don't bother with me we're all dead it's good
1: yeah, if you like dialogue, definitely do not buy it. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> but I like that there are dialogue balloons on the cover. I always love that. Old school oh, yeah. covers. And just in
0: case you didn't know that he meant business, his dialogue is blood red.
1: Right. <laughs> so, so then, Mike, yeah, we get to the big splash page. And uh, on the left side, we get to all the uh, the faces of the Teen Titans Yes. Uh, team, all seven of them that we went over. And then, uh, yeah. but what do we see today? The Terminator. Yes. In the middle of it. And so
2: basically he is talking to the hive. If you say he, he you
1: mean Death. Death Deathstroke,
2: sir, yes, yes. So Deathstroke is standing in this room and these seven garbed uh guys are standing above him kind of like in like a, you know, like I don't know what you'd call that, but they're kind of dressed in robes, their faces are covered in hoods, so you can't really see them. Yeah. And they're like, "You are the one called Deathstroke the Terminator," and they're basically <laughs> hiring him. Because they want him to kill the Teen Titans. But his thing is that he has to get paid in advance and he does it on his own terms. But they're like, <laughs> no, we will yeah. not pay until the job is completed. And yeah. take your contract and stuff it. So he walks out the door. But they're, you know, they uh, decide, oh, they're not going to let him get away that easily. So then they activate these machine guns that are, start shooting at him. But, of course, he's Deathstroke the Terminator, so he's easily able to leap out of the way of the bullets, and he throws a grenade at them, but then realizes at the, at the last second, oh, wait a minute, they're actually not even here. They're just holograms, right?
1: Yeah, so, they just disappear.
2: Right, so he's been had. So they're, all, they're illusions, but that's right. He's like, ah, but who cares? Whatever they're up to, they failed. So then he kicks the door open, <laughs> and he walks out, and he leaves. And yeah. then we cut to this other room, where the actual Hive guys are watching him on like this computer screen. And then they're like, you know, soon we'll be able to create our own Terminator. One will belong body and soul to the Hive. So, yeah, we'll talk about this later. But I already think this is, again, the wrong way to introduce a new villain. But we'll talk about that later. Well, the, the one interesting thing on the uh,
1: splash page, we're, we're getting our first look at District the Terminator. And we see him from the back.
2: Yes, true. True, Which, it's a very dramatic. I he in, keeps all of his weapons.
1: Yeah, he's he's got like a Twinkies and a grenade yeah. and <laughs> yeah. all kinds of stuff. But it's interesting that you're you're unveiling this big villain and on the cover he's in shadow, you don't see him, and then the first time we see him, we still don't see him, right? Um, you know, like, don't see his face. And uh, yeah, his costume is very much like Taskmaster, same boots, uh, basically the same shirt, uh, orange and blue. He's got a sword, he's got a gun, just like Taskmaster. But the one big difference is Taskmaster had the hooded uh, skull, and Deathstroke has half blue, half orange mask, and the blue side is completely covered. Yeah. So, one eye is exposed.
2: Very cool mask. It Very is. cool. Yeah, because, I like because
1: that. Because he's blind in one eye, which we'll talk about later. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, one other thing about the splash page, some uh, really, really great exposition. Yeah. Um, you are the one called Deathstroke the Terminator. You already know my name. Just like I know you bozos are stooges working for the Hive. Yes. That's what we call clumsy exposition. <laughs> <So, laughs> mm-hmm. Jolie, any comments on that opening scene with Deathstroke? Well, I mean,
0: um, I've been thinking about character development lately and Um, I'm trying to figure out why it's so hard for me to retain the plots of these books. And I think it really just boils down to like not memorable characters. So like you go through the first bubbles of dialogue and it's really the fourth one that really gets me. So let's cut out the garbage and get down to business. They all talk like this, no matter matter what villain they are. They're just (laughs) uh, destroyers and like just smashers. And I'm just like kind of sick of it. So, I had a really hard time flipping to the next page, even though I'm on page one. Well,
1: that's a good sign.
0: Uh-huh. Mm. Yeah. I, I mean, I did it. I endured. <laughs> I was just curious about these robe dudes.
1: So, uh, the next scene, Michael, we, we get the uh, domestic dispute. Yeah.
2: So, just for the record, I did read uh, number one. Okay. So uh, I did know kind of what was going on here, but we have this couple that recently split up, and this guy is kind of a dick, and uh, <laughs> he's like, "Come on, Carol." I'm sorry, go ahead, Michael. Well, I was just gonna just gonna say his name is Grant Wilson. Keep that in mind. Yeah, Grant Wilson. So yeah, that's kind of a, yeah. Where have I heard that before, yeah. Wilson. Okay. So yeah, his name is Grant Wilson, and then you know they broke up, and she's and he's like, "Why don't you move back to our place?" You really want to know Grant because it's because you frightened me. You know, very melodramatic soap opera dialogue, but that's okay. Stroking a cat. Yes, yeah, yeah, stroking a, a cat. cat. Yeah. And then, you know, the, so they get into this argument and then <laughs> they flashback. Oh no, no, it's not a flashback. It's um oh. <laughs> it's uh what's it, it's what's it called? Starfire. Oh yeah, because in number 1 when Starfire landed on Earth, she actually crashed through their apartment. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So that's that why sense. she's there. So that's why Starfire sees them Kinda- fighting and then Shoots him with a star bolt or whatever it's called and electrocutes him. I was going to say, it's not unlike Alf. Remember,
1: Alf crashed yeah, into the tanner's yeah. garage. Exactly. <laughs> so, she's very much
0: like Alf. <laughs> he and, just attacks anybody who gets
1: <laughs> forceful.
2: Yeah. And of yes. course, yeah, Starfire is speaking in a different language. So, she's, her dialogue is all like these weird symbols. And, uh, and then the girl, what's the girl's name? Carol? Yes. Carol, Carol. Sladkey. Gladkey. Yeah, she's like, please, Starfire, I don't hurt him. This isn't his fault. And so basically, they're arguing back and forth. And then, and then, what's his name is like, what's his name again? Uh, I just I already Grant. forgot. Grant Wilson. Grant. He's like, I'm not done yet. You see, I got friends who will take care of me, and then I'll yeah. come back and take care of your friends. Just wait <laughs> and see, Carol. Just all of you, wait and see. And then he slams the door and walks out.
1: Yeah, he's blaming the Teen Titans for like ruining his life. Because they right. blew up his apartment. Now his girlfriend's mad at him. And she's mad at him because he's fallen with the bad crowd. High, right. You know? The yeah, yeah, right. I don't like you hanging out with those seven dudes in purple robes. I just don't <laughs> like it. Yeah.
0: Vengeance and elimination is not a great
2: mandate.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. You're trying
2: to impress a girl.
1: <laughs> so then uh, Kid so, Flash shows up.
2: Yeah. So then, so yeah, we didn't we really mention, but so it was Starfire and Wonder Girl that were already there. And yeah. then, yeah, Kid Flash shows up. And so he's like, come on, we've got ourselves a real emergency. Let's get moving. So then they take off and they go to this new mission or this new thing. And basically they rendezvous with Changeling, Robin, and uh, Cyborgs, And and they're kind of like watching from the top of a building. These guys unload something from like these trucks. Yeah. And uh, they don't really say what it is yet. But then they run down. It sounds like
1: it's a pharmaceutical warehouse. Oh, right, right, right.
2: Yeah. So then, Kid Flash runs down and and, and is punching these guys. <laughs> and then, uh, Spack, yeah, Croc. yeah, Rock, <laughs> yeah. And then Robin, you know, swings down and batang. He kicks them. Oh, we <laughs> should mention these guys are dressed in pink outfits. Yes, they are. <laughs> pink all... outfits with pink goggles, two different yes. shades of pink. All the
0: better to not raise suspicion at all.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Exactly. When, when you're robbing a pharmaceutical warehouse at night, dress in bright pink. Yeah. That's
2: <laughs> uh, good. Uh and then there's some bad dialogue from Changeling. You guys see Dorothy the Tin Man? This is Oz, isn't it? I don't even know what yeah. that's <laughs> anyway.
1: Changeling. He's supposed to be the comedic relief of the team. Yeah. And I, I just want to punch him in the jeans.
2: Yeah, I don't yeah, he's not funny. Uh-huh. Uh so then Cyborg, you know, I said Starfire shooting, but she can't speak English, so she has no dialogue. And then Cyborg picks up one of the trucks and throws it into the river. And uh and then this is kind of cool. So then, there's another truck driving towards uh, Wonder Girl, but she's so strong, remember, because she's Amazonian, but not really. Yeah, <laughs> she puts her hands out and and, and sm- you know stops the truck, and the guy goes flying through the the oh, sure. uh, the windshield. But then th- that's when they realize, Mike Dale, you like this part? They're not yeah. humans, but they are robots. You got it, robots. Mm-hmm.
1: But it, it looks weird because she like stops that truck. Kind of, you see Colossus do this a lot too, like where they just stand there. So that's cool. But it looks like the guy was just driving straight into a wall
2: anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean? point, yeah. He goes through the (laughs) windshield
1: and goes (laughs) into a wall, so he was basically just going to crash into the wall anyway. She could have just stepped aside.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Good point, huh? Whatever. So then anyway, so then Starfire comes in, and I love, this is my favorite line of dialogue for the whole book. Uh, (laughs) She shoots them, and they're like, no, stop it. Without thinking she's using those starfire bolts we named her after on the others. Ugh! yeah, that is
1: the worst uh, constructed sentence ever, yeah. and it is so confusing. Um, those starfire bolts we named her after on the others. Ooh. what? Now, I want to blame Marv Wolfman you know, for the terrible dialogue, but also Len Wine is the editor. What's he doing?: yeah.
0: <laughs> what? I think I read that bubble like six times. Yes before I closed so, my computer and walked away i was so
2: <laughs> frustrated yeah it was Damn. so bad <gasps> yeah that's the worst yeah scene uh-huh. in the whole book uh, i think len wine and Mark Wolfman used to be roommates so maybe he was going easy on them i don't know
1: <laughs> i guess but yeah i mean there were editors
2: what were they doing yeah anyway. so then anyway so then yeah they realized the robots and then uh and then basically this is where robin's like starfire seems to relish in violence or, rel- or seems seems to relish violence so that's what we talked about earlier you know she's obviously from a different race different planet so they don't know what she's like but then he's like if only she could speak our language if only we could talk to her and then she <laughs> looks at him and of course what does she do she plants one on his kisser right <laughs> yeah she kisses him yep. yep. so she kisses him and then the next panel he's... is like yeah it's like she's getting down and dirty with him and yeah. then Flash is watching, or Kid Flash is watching, <laughs> Changeling's watching. Yeah, they're all just sitting around watching. This Donna is, is stretching her back. <laughs> oh, sorry,
1: but this is this is scene one of the porn where uh, Starfire and Robin. This is where I'm like, oh my god, where is this going? Because Kid Flash is just sitting there watching them going at it. Yes, him.
2: yes.
1: And then uh, Changeling says, uh, "Let him have his fun," you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: So, well, right. and, and this is where then then Changes, like, Goldie can smother me like that anytime. And, and yeah it's just he gets a little weird here eh so then the next panel like
1: jolie said uh wonder girl is stretching her back and it's very uh provocative pose uh but then we get cyborg he he rescues one of those pink guys because that's why robin he had to tackle starfighter stop her from destroying all the enemy robots because right. they wanted to salvage a robot so they mm-hmm. could trace uh, where they came from and everything so cyborg pulls one out of the, of the water uh, but then he goes over and sees Wonder Girl and he goes, oh, I can fix that for you. And he starts rubbing her back. And yeah, here's porn number two right here. Yeah. He right disconnects
0: there. his pulley hand attachment. Yeah, yeah. That's his hand attachment back on <laughs> to give her the rub down. Yeah, yeah
1: and she's loving it. And yeah. uh, if you listen closely, you can hear the cheesy porn music in the background. <laughs> yeah, it's
2: something.
0: So this is tally number two for potential yes. porn tally? Okay, great.
2: Yes. Yeah, and you just gotta kind of wonder they they took the time to write that in to draw it like it's just funny the the little touch of adding that in so bizarre eh yes
0: yeah and just just so you don't question where he keeps his hand while his pulley attachment is on he keeps it on his belt oh, they drew no. it on I didn't
2: belt. notice that. I kind of just thought it, his hand retracted <laughs> in but no no take I didn't realize that that's awesome. It,
1: it's like pinned to his coat like mittens. Yeah. Kids got <laughs> mittens. <laughs>
2: That's awesome. Oh, oh man. Anyway, <laughs> okay, so then, so then now all of a sudden, yeah. Now because Starfire's kissed him, I kissed Robin. Now she knows English.
1: Yeah, it's, she could, so, she learned English by kissing him.
2: Right. So. What's his name? Uh, Garfield Logan Changeling. <laughs> yeah. he's like, listen, I know. Oh yeah, so now Logan uh, Garfield what the fu- whatever his name is. Garfield he's- Logan. Gar- yeah. yeah. He's trying to get in on the act and so he's yeah. like, "Listen, I know French. What about German? Chinese?" <laughs> yeah. She's like, "No, English will do for now. Maybe some other time." And he's like, "Babe, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship."
1: And, and we should mention, for those who are not familiar with Starfire, she's drawn and depicted as like just a bombshell. Like, right. you know, a lot of hair. Her costume is very revealing. Yes. Uh, and for 1980s, this is pretty risqué, right?
2: Yeah, you could say uh, that.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, so then they're like, "Well, you know what? We got to I know what we're going to do. We got to talk to Cyborg's father because he can help us. And Cyborg has a bad relationship with his father because yeah. he turned him into a robot and he blames him for that. So he doesn't want to talk to him." And how old
1: is Cyborg here because he's like calling everybody kid and well, is that- that one picture makes him look very old.
2: I thought, they were, I thought he was still supposed to be, like, 19. I, I thought not so, either. too, but he's yeah.
0: very old. <laughs> he's, like, know. on the older side of everybody else. Everyone's, like, 15, 16.
2: He's maybe 19. Okay. Yeah, probably late teen. Yeah, exactly late teen. Mm-hmm. Oh, we,
1: so we should then, also mention uh, one other thing about him massaging Wonder Girl. Um, she's like, uh, you're into medicine, Cyborg? And he says, nah, I was an athlete. <laughs> I know thrown out joints when I see them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was an athlete. <laughs> So, and that was a big bone of contention with him and his parents. He wanted to be an athlete. You know, they just kept doing those medical experiments on him about they science. They
0: just wanted him to be <laughs> a science project.
1: Yes, you're a science project, son, not an athlete. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so, yeah, they want, Cy- they want Cyborg to take him to Star Labs because they figure his dad could help them track down the robots and where they came from. But here's what confuses me, because Cyborg goes on this big rant about how he hates his dad. He's not going to talk to his dad. And then the next page, we see them saying, all right, well, we c- I can get you into to Star Labs. That doesn't mean I have to talk to my dad. But then when they actually get to Star Labs, it's just Cyborg talking to his dad.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> like, that's the next time uh, we see him. He's just having a conversation with his dad. It's
2: very <laughs> weird.
1: <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, so Michael, then
2: Deathstroke uh, is spying on him this whole time. Right. So we, we see from his point of view, watching through his uh, telescope or whatever it is. Oh yeah, because while he rejected the Hive's offer
1: to kill uh-huh. the Teen Titans, it still intrigued him. Like, why does he want me to? Why did Hive want me to do this? So he's trying to learn up uh, about the Teen Titans, right? Right. Even though he hasn't been hired to kill them.
2: So. Right. And then he's got this kind of like his own Alfred, right? Named Wintergreen. Yeah. And Winter- he's talking to Wintergreen <laughs> through his like CB or whatever it is. <laughs> Um, and then, um, and then, so then we cut over to uh, what's his name? Uh, Grant Wilson. Grant Wilson. Yeah. So now Grant Wilson is uh, he's hooking up with Hive, right? Yep. And uh, he's he's like getting onto this uh, operating table, and they're gonna do something to him, but we don't know what yet. And then, oh yeah, so they explain it that like humans only use one tenth of their brain power. Yes. We learned that the Terminator increases capacity to ninety percent we're going to increase your capacity to 100%. So, yeah, even though that's been debunked, but whatever.
1: Yeah, that's not true at all. If you're you're at home, you use way more than 10% of your brain. But, uh, yeah, we should mention that's how Destro got his powers. He apparently also submitted to some experiment Mm -hmm. uh, when he was in the army, and they expanded his brain to 90% potential. That's right. uh, So
2: then we cut away to, I guess this is hell?
1: Uh, I think it's uh, just a demon realm. Yeah. Uh, I don't think this is Azarath because
2: apparently that's supposed to be a nice place. But, okay. Uh, so this know. is like another dimension, and here we see Raven talking to something.
1: Yeah, that's. It turns out that's her dad. Spoiler. Yeah. Word. That's the it, dad. The, the that's demon.
2: Trigon, dad. right? Yeah. I think that he shows up later. Yeah. Uh but uh, look at this
1: page though. This is uh, we're getting to see some like again. This is early George Perez. But we're getting to see some of his panel design here, where you get the three panels at the bottom kind of like separated and overlapping another panel.
2: Yes. Yep. Absolutely. Because
1: um, for much of this issue, it's pretty standard panel designs and layouts. But there'd be like two or three pages where you could see, oh, here comes Perez <laughs> with right. all the little panels overlaying others and stuff. So.
2: Yeah. Yep. All right. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. This is five years before crisis. So, yeah, it's still early. But, yeah. So then we cut over to Kid Flash in Blue Valley, where he lives, I guess. And he's running home. And of course, he says what anyone would say if they found a strange woman in the bed. You! Oh.
1: <laughs> well, uh, well, he knows it's Raven. He knows it's Raven. Yeah. But uh, this is porn number three, Julie, if you're scoring at home. Uh, when oh, yeah. Home and he finds Raven just on his bed, stretched <laughs> out in great despair. So, yeah. She, she says she just needed a place to hide for a while, to hang out. So she just broke
2: into his house. <laughs> yeah. And then she just disappears. And then he's like, she's gone, like some kind of ghost. Um, And then, uh, oh yeah, and then, so then he's like, yeah, but I have to know, is she the reason I changed my mind? Did she do something to make me become a titan? Because originally he turned down the call to join the team, but now he's obviously joined, right? So he wonders if he's being manipulated. So anyway, so then we cut to Changeling's uh, mansion which is like this gigantic, it looks like a frickin' Greek palace or whatever. And,
1: and we get some more George Perez panel layout here.
2: Yes. Yeah. We're I was going to say,
0: he, I thought he was so rich that he had kangaroos. He is the kangaroo. Yeah, he yeah. is the kangaroo.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yep. And then, and then, so it's Dick Grayson and Garfield Logan talking, and then we cut in, and it's Wonder Girl. She's got to explain to, oh yeah, and by the way, I should point out, in this middle-bottom panel, technically Starfire is completely naked.
1: Yes, so she's this is
2: four number four. I yeah. said three, this is four. I wonder if Wonder Girl is naked, too, because she just has that jacket on. Maybe she's naked, uh, too. Well,
1: I think she... Oh, yeah, is that a robe? Or, I think she has her bathing suit on underneath it, or I don't know. But we don't get to see. But, yeah, so Starfire is completely naked, and here's the, uh, the hot lesbian action. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so, so, yeah, Starfire like, doesn't understand why she has to wear clothes. And Wonder Girl's trying to explain why she has to. So then they cut to outside. And they're, now they're standing there in their, their bikinis. And, of course, they're, like, commenting how scantily clad they are. And Changeling turns into a wolf so he can howl. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, and then he turns into a dolphin. And then, and then Kid Flash shows up. And, yeah, we get, a, we get a kind of an interesting Perez layout here, right, where we have the four panels splitting up one scene. And so we see Kid Flash running between all the panels and it's kind of cool yep but this is cool they're just hanging out right nothing's really going on they're just hanging out talking and then we cut over to uh, uh
1: again very x-meny
2: remember yeah oh, the absolutely would hang out and stuff yep, home. Just yeah just hang out you just shoot the shit yeah exactly it's great and then we cut over to cyborg in star labs which w- star labs with her with his dad yeah, And of course he's looking that. at another robot but um, he basically, he's like, uh, what does he say here? Um, he's like, I'm truly sorry. I can't help you, Victor. But the automa- automaton is damaged beyond any hope of repair. So basically, it's showing that he's just obsessed with his work. He doesn't really care about his son, Victor, right?
1: Well, no, no, no. Well, his, he, Cyborg brought him that pink robot in the background. Is the guy he took out of the water. And his oh, dad's okay. saying, his dad's looking at him. He says, hey, I can't do anything. I can't tell. It's too damaged.
2: Right, 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 right. His dad's yeah.
1: trying to make amends. He's trying to give an all, but he just can't. He, he can't help. Him. He can't help. him.
2: Right. Right. So then he's like, well, you know what? Screw this. So he starts to walk away. But then, of course, there's a big explosion. Krakum. <laughs> and then it's Ravager, right? Ravager. This is uh, Grant Wilson
1: turned into the Ravager. Right. Who's, who's basically like, okay, so Taskmaster's first. And then uh, Deathstroke's a rip-off of him, and then Ravager would be like a rip-off of Deathstroke.
2: Yes. It's kind of like multiplicity,
1: famous. that uh, yeah. Michael Keaton Michael movie, Keaton where movie, yes. the, the fourth version of it's not as good. Yeah, it's yeah. Ravager. <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> Which is weird, because they acknowledge it in this book, I think.
2: Yeah, kind of. You're right. Yeah, Touch it, But
0: though. is it, I was like, is no one going to mention the fact that they were just, you know the cyborg brings it, it's such an inopportune awkward moment to
1: bring up the death of his mother well yeah he he starts yelling at his dad and he's like you killed her and then his dad yeah. says uh it, it's no use he'll never listen to the truth he'll never believe the accident that forced me to rebuild him is is also costing me my life but yeah like just tell why him though. He, yeah why would he care about that like what's the big deal yeah like, he doesn't like you anyway you know what i mean like <laughs> he doesn't care you can go ahead and tell him that. It's <laughs> not a big deal.
0: All right. So, yeah, so this is, there's really no lead up. He just, Ravager just busts through the wall yep. at Star Labs. Yep. Yeah. And we don't know, we, technically, the reader doesn't know that this is Grant. We just know that it's a new person.
1: Right? Yeah, so, I suppose. Yeah, they don't come up, but I mean, you can piece it together. But I, I just wonder know why he went to Star Labs expecting to find Cyborg. That would be...
2: Uh Yeah. You know, I mean, this is pushing the limits of believability, but it's... Yeah. You kind of just have to go with it.
1: But uh, this Ravager guy, he's jumping around like a monkey. And mm-hmm. uh, Cyborg can't stop him. And it looks like he's going to beat Cyborg. But then Jolie, Cyborg, he takes off his mitten and he does something else he puts on like a sonic thing right
0: <laughs> yep he reaches what is it he silently slips his hand into his weapons belt awesome where finger sensors, sensors select a very special cartridge. so i guess it's like powered by cartridges the way a nintendo is i'm not sure Oh. Wow. but yeah, yeah so he he it's a white sound or white noise machine yes that is sort of like um what I guess Black Canary would be doing.
1: Oh yeah, that's right, yeah.
0: Yeah, and
2: deafens him.
1: Yep. So then yeah. when it looks like Cyborg's gonna
2: win, what happens, Michael? So then he gets, I guess, electrocuted spack by <laughs> uh, oh, but no, it's a power dampener. Yeah. He gets slapped on his back by Deathstroke the Terminator. So Deathstroke takes Ravager and throws him over his shoulder and carries him out. <laughs> and, and
1: hey, hey, Mike at the last panel here on this page, we get more of that crosshatch stuff.
2: Yeah,
1: it just Perez does it occasionally. in
2: reality. Yeah, <laughs> remember
1: he did that in the Avengers issue. we did. That's too. right.
2: Yeah, I think yeah. Rob Liefeld copied that and he used it in uh, New Mutants too. Yep. But anyway, so then we cut back to the scene of everybody just hanging out, right? Bikinis abound. Yep. And uh, and then basically. It's kind of funny because they're all just chatting away, you know, there's a little bit of exposition about Coriander's, you know, background. And then <laughs> Cyborg just comes running in. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's, he he comes jumping in like a bunny rabbit. Yeah. Like he's hopping. Try, try asking directions in this town when
1: you look like me. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. But, why, but when he says that, it's like he doesn't know how to get to Changeling's house. Like, they don't know. Yeah, to take a cab, I guess, right? Well,
0: I mean, he probably lives in one of those, like, gated communities.
1: <laughs> They're not going to yeah. just let a black guy from Detroit wander in. Not, not just a black guy from Detroit. A black guy robot from yeah, Detroit. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> not Ro- those robots from Detroit are
0: especially not to be trusted. The last time RoboCop tried to access this <laughs> neighborhood.
1: Yeah. Everything went to hell. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, but he comes in and he's saying, hey, we got trouble uh there's someone looking to kill us and uh mm-hmm. but then we cut back michael to uh deathstroke
2: Ooh, yeah that's We also
1: passed out on a bed but this yeah. is i don't think this is going to be a porn i i think this is just you, know, you think you sure yeah i don't I think right. is,
2: so then yeah so 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 then he's like he's like you you're deathstroke the terminator my father my father wink wink told me about you (laughs) and the hive gave me powers like yours maybe even better not quite kid your brain capacity has been increased but you're feeding off your body's own energy you keep using your powers and you'll kill yourself so that's the conundrum right
1: yeah now two things one look at his prince valiant haircut when he wakes up (laughs) (laughs) and then two mike l the, the conundrum he finds himself in is exactly what happened in the Power Man and Iron Fist issue that we did with Jolie, where Thunderbolt, remember? He kept aging rapidly Ah, because he was using his speed. Ah, yes, yes. And it's the same thing going on here. So, again, they just... And that Power Man and Iron Fist story was eight months before this, so they ripped off Power Man and Iron
2: Fist. Now, do you remember, though, your favorite writer, Jim Shooter, what did he say every superhero story has to have, though? It had to have a moment where the hero or the villain basically says... I can't, but I must, right? So he can't use his powers, but he must use his powers. (laughs) That's what's going on here, right?
1: Ravager, he he doesn't care. He has to kill the Teen Titans. Right. He's not scared of
2: dying. Right. So So he puts on his mask and he takes off. He's going to go destroy the Teen Titans. And then Deathstroke's like, well, I'm going to have to go stop him. So then Ravager goes to this mansion. And it's funny how he just... They're all just standing there. It's funny because they didn't do anything. They just waited for him, I guess. Yeah,
1: well, they they changed out of their bathing suits. Yeah,
2: that's true. (laughs) At least they had the courtesy to do that.
1: Yeah. But but again, how does he know they're at the mansion? Yeah. Like, if he did know they're at the mansion, why not go there first instead of Star Labs to fight Cyborg? That's a good point. But anyway, don't overthink it. Yeah, exactly.
0: Maybe that power dampener also has a GPS tracker in it.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Hey, that's a good idea, yeah that's not bad alright so uh yeah he's about to fight the Teen Titans all by himself 7 on 1 but then Deathstroke says 7 to 2 yep. and in my book
2: that makes it even odds <laughs> so then yeah and then we cut back to uh, the Hive or watching him on their TV screen right so yep. 2 against the Titans who do you think will be victorious number 5 you already know the Terminator has never failed so then they start fighting. Wang. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's yes. an unusual sound effect. Wang. Yes, and then scree. <laughs> and so basically, yeah, he's uh, Deathstroke. Is you know, <laughs> oh, that was Ravager actually. Sorry, I, I did. I didn't notice the boots. And, uh, <laughs> and yeah, and the, the thigh high. Yeah,
1: Ravager's got the thigh highs. Uh, yeah, uh, but there's some great dialogue in here though, Michael, between uh,
2: Starfire and Wonder Girl. Uh, Donna, he sidestepped my Starbolt. No one has ever done that before. Call me Wonder Girl. We're in public. I, love that. Yeah, I know. I love that. Yeah, we should mention earlier they were talking
1: about secret identities and stuff. And Wonder Girl, uh, she's in a bikini in the, in the uh, pool. And she's like, You know, I've been lucky. I don't wear a mask, and no one's recognized me as Donna Troy.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Ridiculous.
2: Like imagine that in this day and age in like two seconds with, with like social media, they figured yeah. figure that out in like two seconds. Anyway. Facebook
1: page and Instagram.
2: Yeah. 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 Um but anyway.
1: So, so Deathstroke catches her rope though, her a lasso, and, yeah. and he just throws her into Starfire. Boom. Yeah.
2: Yep. Yeah. I'm just looking here. Yep. Yeah. The sound effect boom, but it's covered up by their bodies. The sound effect is actually behind them. It's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. And then a Ravager punches Robin. Walk. It's actually pretty well done. That's a good shot. And then, you know, I love this too. You'd think that in all this, somebody would have a gun. Nope. He's got a gas thing that shoots out of his wrist. And then, he, and then you'd think, oh, oh, great. Someone actually thought to bring a gun that shoots bullets. Nope. Whoa. Blaster. And blasters? Come on, punk. They mm-hmm. can't stop me. Yeah, it's just a blaster. It's not an actual gun. Yeah, it's a blaster. So, yeah. Then Cyborg punches him, he, p- he punches Robin, and then Deathstroke is so fast, he can actually punch Kid Flash. Well, he throws his baton between his legs and trips Oh, it. right, 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 yeah. But that's pretty remarkable, considering Kid Flash can run, you know, yeah. faster than the speed of light. But anyway. So then Starbol- or, or Starfire is, like, shooting at him, and uh, she basically wants to kill him, right? Yeah, she's going nuts. right. And then Ravager's like, "Stop her! Those blasts are everywhere. Can't get away. Everything's moving so quickly. It feels so dizzy. Uh oh, <laughs> something's going wrong. God no! The kid, the fool. <laughs> I warned him. Using his powers will take its toll. But I didn't think it would happen so quickly. So then we look. O- so then we cut to the next scene and or the next page, and Ravager's down for the count. Right? Yep. He's like, "Terminator, are you are you there? Yeah, here I am, kid. Listen, everything will be all right. Just rest." Right? And then Raven pops in. The boy is dying. Let that end the fighting. Take him Terminator and go in peace. So yeah. Basically, yeah. So it's just like, yeah, I, I warned him. I told him what, that using his powers, what using his powers would do if he didn't believe me. So then he, he pulls up his mask and he, or he sees that he's an old man now. His yeah. He, he, he lifts up Grant Wilson's mask, the Ravager, and he's an old, old man. Yes, yes. Old it gets confusing, man. yes. He's an old man. So Ravager's like, okay, you guys can take off. But Raven does something
1: nice for the Ravager while he's dying. In his mind, she makes him imagine that he killed all the Teen Titans. Right. <laughs> so that's nice of her.
2: Yeah, that was a nice little
1: <laughs> parting gift. But, uh, yep. but, I mean, how do you feel if you're the Teen Titans here? Like, Robin's like, hey, what
2: the hell? You know? Yeah, you're, you're, <laughs> yeah. But whatever. And then, that's it. Yeah, then Deathstroke's like, you did this to him. You Titans killed him. And the Raven's like, no, we did nothing. The ones who gave him powers are his true killers. That's not how, that's not the way it works. My racket sister, this kid took a contract and he died because of you. Poor stupid kid, he never really had a chance. So he walks (laughs) away carrying the body. His reasoning here is ridiculous. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He was hired to murder you and then he didn't do it and he died. I'm blaming you.
2: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I know. Like what?
1: Uh, like how about you blame the guys that killed him with that medical experiment going awry how about you blame those guys I don't know but all right.
2: so Starfire can't figure out why they're letting them go neither could I Starfire yeah, neither yeah. could I <laughs> yeah. and, and Raven's like well it must be we must have compassion for an enemy compassion I don't understand and then Robin's like and that might be enough to end the new, t- new Titans before we've even begun and that's why in the cover it says could this be the end of the Teen Titans right but seriously, Teen Titans, you know
1: this uh, Deathstroke fella. He's also a hired assassin. He admits it, that you know, contract killing and all that. You're letting a felon walk away. Yeah.
0: With what? another felon. Yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Just because one of the felons died. Okay. Oh. That means one more still needs to. Let's go. Let's go, <laughs> Teen Titans. Nope. <sighs> of punks. Bunch of punk kids. That's all they are.
0: They're taken out by what inevitably takes out every teenage
2: group of friends in fighting.
1: Yeah. yeah. Jealousy and
2: horniness. All right, epilogue. Epilogue. So now we see what's her name at the grave, right? Carol. Oh, no, yeah, Raven Carol. I'm sorry. Raven yeah. over, is overseeing yeah. everything. But yeah, yeah Carol. But Carol Sladke. At the gravestone. This is where we get the twist ending where Slade Wilson. And what's his name? Wintergreen are at the grave. And we realize he is Grant Wilson's father, like father, like son. Right. So there's a the twist. That's why he cared about him the whole time. And then well, the hive is. Go ahead. Well, I was going
1: to say, yeah, the, the big twist is that the hive here at the end basically admit that they orchestrated it all on purpose just to get Deathstroke to kill the Titans.
2: Yeah. Yeah. The child died as expected. And now we have the father as we anticipated right yeah so i like that that's yeah like father like son he said so true so true right? <laughs> At that's the end and then uh, so, yeah. ne- next next issue michael what's coming up next issue the origin of starfire more of raven's secret and the creation of the most villainous supergroup of all the fearsome five join us we promise to make it worth your while again just ripping off the sinister six yeah, you could say five. that. You could say that, yeah. Why not
1: make it seven? Like, So you're admitting we're only Fearsome 5. We're at least one less, one worse than the Sinister 6. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. Anyway. All right, so there it is. Teen Titans number two. Jolie, what did you I think?
0: I think this is terrible. Really? Only, absolutely. The hmm. only character hmm. who I think had the best development and I'm gonna go out on a limb for him here because I don't know anything about him. Mm. But he's a snappy dresser, he's got fancy things, <laughs> and like a rock and mustache. <laughs> Cutest name, Wintergreen. <laughs> he's got an office. Not only is he smart enough to stay away and out of the fight, but he's got like an office full of like higher nudes, unicorn taxidermy, <laughs> like he has everything.
1: So- and you and want to spin off a spin-off series with Deathstroke's butler. That's what you're saying. You want is
0: Absolutely. As we've been sitting going through pages of just fights, the three pages of fight scene, I've yes. been sitting here reading about Wintergreen.
2: Oh. My goodness. <laughs>
0: Because I don't give a crap about anything that's happening. It doesn't make sense. Um, it doesn't, it's not cohesive. There's no there's no through lines in the plots. Like there's no logical reason. Like Mike um, like Mike Dull was saying earlier. There's no logical reasons for characters to know where other characters are. Yeah, we're there just, were
1: some plot holes. Yeah, yeah, there were some plot holes.
0: There were many plot holes. So I've just chosen to focus on some favorites. <laughs>
1: wintergreen hmm. yes
0: mm-hmm. I'm into it
1: uh, Mike, Mike L., uh, Yeah, i I'm guessing you have a different take
2: uh, yeah I mean acknowledging those plot holes and I definitely agree about the throughline thing because I've read a lot of Mark Wolfen stories and he has a hard time with the throughline but I think scene for scene I enjoyed every page of it I enjoyed every scene of it you know this is to me this is like classic superheroes 101 so, I really enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, I I'm closer to you, uh probably because I think it is there's a lot of flaws. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of flaws. Yeah. The dialogue is terrible. <laughs> oh
0: yeah. I didn't even mention that. Oh god.
1: Um yeah, we should again, Marv Wolfman wrote it and George Pérez drew it, but they were true collaborators in every sense. Right. But I guess Wolfman uh did the dialogue. But in terms of plotting and everything, they they are credited as collaborators and I guess they worked together uh, like 40 years. They worked together. They're wow. their best chums. Wow. They're really good friends. And, they, and I read an interview with Wolfman where he said it was a true collaboration. And it was a joy to work with George Perez. So that's pretty cool. Because um, yeah. they did like all the Teen Titans stuff.
2: What's yeah. It I like, wrote George, it on here George Perez didn't draw every issue he left after a while but he was definitely the main the mainstay of the series so for volume one marv wolfman wrote all 40 issues and uh, i think two
1: annuals and then he did tales of teen titans when it switched titles he went 41 to 58 and yeah. then he wrote 49 issues in four annuals of volume two and george perez for the first volume he drew 47 of the first 50 issues wow that's amazing and then he also did a, the first five issues of Volume 2. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I believe, uh, Michael, I think you mentioned earlier, there was like a, did you refer to it as like the Baxter series? Was there like a five issue limited series or something? Or
2: There was, oh, there was also, uh, what was it called? T-Titan Spotlight? I, I yeah I can't well, remember there, there was also a Tales of the Teen Titans limited series as well I think that's what you mean right yeah I think that might be it and I think you yeah. probably also drew that as well I yeah uh, yeah so these two guys
1: if you like the new Teen Titans uh you can thank Wolfman and uh Perez because yes. they they did it all yep uh Jolie you said you're a big fan of George Perez uh, how do you feel about his art here
0: Oh, I think it's stellar. It's a really good, all of it is just really good examples of what he's really capable of, um what he is capable of. Um, the compositions are kind of, they're like clean for the most part. Um, from like the very boring sort of architectural stuff to like, it's rare that you see the backs of characters um, in these sort of like slice of life panels. Like. Uh, in comics, he draws the backs of characters leaving, leaving panels a lot. Like there's yeah. uh, a digital page, what am I on? Digital page four, is uh, Slade leaving. then yeah. there's the backs of the heads of the members of the hive. And then, like the majority of the heads on this page, like we even see Carol and grants like the backs of their heads while they're fighting. Um, and I think there's a lot of it adds a lot of um, it's like staging. Um, when there's group scenes, he's really, really good. And this is not something that everybody excels at. It's And I don't want to equate it to theater because I really don't know what his experience is. Is that like, he's really good at putting, no matter how small the panel is, like 50, 60 characters in it because he's not afraid of rendering the backs of people.
2: Mm, good point. And if,
0: I find there's a lot, if, I find in superhero comics Um there's a lot of attention to pose and uh, like their faces, especially like things like bust lines. If there's women oh, yes. um, just exaggerated, uh, elongated shapes, if men are punching and with this one, it's like he doesn't, uh, he, th- there's, there's a lot of action going on and he draws all the action and it doesn't really, um, it's more realistic in it, when he draws it. If he, there's small, those small little like uh, pieces of attention. Like, okay, let's go back to porn scene. Number two, Uh, (laughs) the the back row, the back row. Oh no. Number one. Okay. So when Starfire all but mauls Robin, (laughs) he's just surrounded with Starfire's massive amount of hair. That's all you see. Like that is so cool. And you don't see other people draw like that.
2: Also, the way his leg is up in that shot. Yeah, it's like, kind of hilarious. I, I, my take on him is that, like, you know, there's, like, the, the 50s and 60s artists, like, Jack Kirby and John Buscema and Gil Kane and uh, uh, John Romita Sr., who were, like, classically trained, like, illustrators. Like, they, you know, and I don't think George Perez is quite like that. Like, I think he actually does, he, he actually has no training. He's all self-taught. And so he does a lot of things that a, a typical artist wouldn't do, but he just got such attention to detail. And like like we were saying, like he wasn't just doing Titans; he was doing miniseries and he was doing Crisis at the same time. And he did almost every issue. And considering the amount of detail he puts in, he was never seemed to really miss a deadline. So he's just an all around great professional comic book artist, I think. You know? Yeah,
0: yeah, I feel like the the way that things are drawn, I feel like he's. <laughs> he's not he's drawing from memory and he's just drawing pieces at a time until the whole thing is complete and like that to me is the mark of a good artist is he's and he's quick and you can tell but he's quick and he's good
1: Mm -hmm. yeah uh efficient maybe yes yeah uh yeah again this is early Perez Steel. like Michael we always talk like his peak's probably like 85 86 somewhere around there yeah but you can tell this is still rock solid you know it's just really good stuff And, um, yeah, I I like everything about this. You know, he really draws Wonder Girl extremely well. Yes. (laughs) I I will say that. Everyone in here, uh, all the guys in here are swooning over uh, Starfire, but uh, I'm team Wonder Girl. Looking good.
2: Yeah, he's kind of like, are you familiar with Jose Luis Garcia Lopez?
1: Not really, no.
2: Okay, if you saw his art, you would recognize it, because he did every single piece of, like promotional and toy art in the 80s for DC like all the oh, toys okay. all the images was all him and so he that's the way he kind of draws Wonder Girl it's like it's almost like the way John Romita Sr draws Spider-Man when you see it it looks so perfect you can't believe a human drew it hey, it looks very like the definitive version of that character exactly you know, like, right
1: like that's how Wonder Girl should always look exactly uh, tremendous
2: no line is out of place it's perfect yep
1: yeah, yeah also, I'm
2: trying to one more... Sorry, go ahead. Well, no, go ahead. I was just going to say, also, I got a comment. I think all of the characters he created, uh, the visuals for, you know, Starfire, Raven, uh, they're really good, but I think Cyborg is really cool. Like, that's just a... Cla- if you'll notice in the... Did you see the Justice League movie, Mike Dell? No. Because they they kind of used the newer redesign of Cyborg by Jim Lee as the inspiration, and it's yeah. just not as cool. This is cool, you know? Like, like, seeing him with, you know, the flesh, but then you see, like, the metal kind of uh, straps around his legs and, the, you know, like, the metal arm, just everything is just in the right place. And, like, his face is normal, but he's got the half-cyborg head and the strap that goes around the other side. It's just a perfect design, I think, you know? Yeah. I think
0: I it's kind of there- cool that it feels like a wrestling leotard, too. Oh it's like yeah, a <laughs> short. Yeah, like a bik- yeah. like
1: yeah, a bikini cut. <laughs> yeah, it does kind of look like a uh a wrestling uh what do they call them? The one piece deals, uh, singlet. Mm-hmm.
2: a singlet, a yeah. singlet. Okay. Also, I wanted to bring up uh Mike Dale. are you familiar with the show Arrow? I I'm I don't watch it, but you know, I'm aware okay. of it. Okay. So yeah, I completely forgot that Jolie you you do realize this is uh, you know, Deathstroke was in Arrow like, the, the first three or four seasons. Yes. Yeah, like, I com- I kind of forgot, like, yeah, it's the same. How, guy did, he- you- huh? <laughs> How did you forget the first no, two seasons' plots revolved no, no, around no. that? It's not that. It's like, <laughs> it's, it's such the, it's such a different take on him. It's like, oh, yeah, that's the same character. You know what I mean? Because yeah, they changed the, him. He doesn't have his costume in the show? Uh, he doesn't get the mask until, like, season three or something. He's just Z- called Slate, I think. Because that is a very distinctive outfit, and yeah. mask. Um, oh, well, by the way, we should give more background
1: on Deathstroke, I guess, for the kids. Uh, do you know how he lost his eye, Michael? No, I don't. All right. So uh, he married a lady named Adeline, I guess. Uh, she okay. was, he, he met her in the military. She was in the military. And she was the one who first trained him to fight, I guess. And, uh, but then he went through that experiment where he got this powers, And they got married. And they, they had a kid named Grant. And then they had another kid named Joseph yes and uh eventually he was working as an assassin but he didn't tell her that he told her he was like a big game hunter okay and he got money for doing like safari trips and stuff like that. but he was actually an assassin and one of his enemies kidnapped their baby boy joseph mm-hmm. so when he went to go rescue joseph and adela the wife went with him because she's also a fighter and trained and everything uh but the uh took a gamble that he could stop them before they killed his kid. And, but he was like a little bit too late. So they didn't kill the kid, but one of the villains sliced his throat. Yep. And it ended up severing his vocal cords so he could no longer speak. Mm-hmm. And the wife was so pissed off at Deathstroke for doing that, for lying to her all these years, and for risking their son's life, she shot him in the, in the eye. <laughs>
0: Well, she was probably going for a kill shot, and just yeah, missed. <laughs> and he
1: survived. He somehow survived, and but then she divorced him. She served yeah. him with divorce Ooh. papers when he was in the hospital. <laughs> so it's the final bullet. So that's how he lost his eye, getting shot in the eye. Uh, that's a lot better than what they said about Nick Fury and Captain Marvel, right? Then he gets yeah, scratched he, by a cat. Yeah, he did. So this is much cooler. Yeah, shot in the eye. And Mike L., who did Baby Joseph become? He became Jericho. Yeah. Another,
2: like, another new Teen Titan
1: Jericho Jolie are you familiar with Jericho
0: Yeah sorry the only Jericho I'm familiar with is Chris Jericho Yeah Chris
1: Jericho <laughs>
0: I was like really he became a WWE wrestler well,
1: <laughs> Yeah he made the list <laughs> uh, But uh, So Jericho he was that guy in Crisis on Infinite Earths Who I thought was just terrible Remember I was like, who's this guy he's just terrible um, But yeah he can't talk No uh, what's his power, though, Michael? I, I don't even know.
2: Uh, I think his power is he can possess other people and then make Oh, that's better. right. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I like his costume, but... And Michael, not.
1: apparently the, the most famous Deathstroke stories in Teen Titans, I don't know, I forget the numbers, but the Jericho... Or not the Jericho, the Judas Contract.
2: Yes. Yeah.
1: Would you like to tell the kids about the Judas Contract?
2: I have read it, and all I can tell you is that it was uh, a new character was introduced named Tara, and she ends up betraying the team. Because she was always working for Deathstroke. Yes. So, uh, yeah, just to give a quick five-second description, Marv Wolfman was inspired by Dark Phoenix, where Jean Grey went from being a good guy to a bad guy. And he was like, well, what if I do that? But what if I introduce a character, and you know right from the beginning that she's a bad guy and that she's just setting them up. And so that's how he did it.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, the, <laughs> other, the other key point about that, though, okay. is that Tara was apparently only like 15, 16 yep. and Deathstroke was having sex with her. Whoa! Hello. <laughs> okay, it's kind of implied that he was in an intimate relationship with her, New and Tara? then with Tara, and then uh-huh. Tara ended up dying. Yep. And Beast Boy was, I guess, in love oh. with her. Okay. So that caused a big thing with. Uh, Beast Boy and... I don't know. But anyway. So I, I guess that culminated in Beast Boy and Deathstroke having a lunch together. <laughs> okay. Like no jive. That's how they settled it. They they really? sat down at a diner and talked it out.
2: Interesting.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. There you wow. go. That's Deathstroke. Any other famous Deathstroke memories, Michael?
2: Uh, I can only say that, uh, as we've mentioned in this episode, his name is... Slade Wilson. Yes. Do you know what Deadpool's real name is? Wade Wilson, right? You got it. Yeah. So, Rob Liefeld basically ripped off Spider-Man and just gave him Deathstroke's name. <laughs> That's right. When he did it, Deadpool,
1: just yeah. combined Death uh, Spider-Man with guns, and uh, there it is. Swords, yeah. Um, so there you go. Uh, any final thoughts on this issue, Jolie? One to ten, what would you give it?
0: I give it. Three taxidermy unicorns
1: out of oh, wow. five. Oh, out of five. Yeah, right. let's
0: let's do a five. Let's keep it like let's keep it tight. It's only issue two.
1: I say so Jolie's using an entirely different scale.
0: Yeah, we go like, got a ten.
1: Yeah, so oh. I guess the equivalent would be six stuffed unicorns or yes. out of ten then. So all right.
2: <laughs> See, you know what's hilarious is I love this and I was gonna give it a six. So clearly I have to give it a higher number because Jolie hated it. No, no, no I don't know, I guess on a 1980s Superhero scale I'd give it an 8 Wow. But, I mean, in an Overall scale of everything I've read I'd give it a 6 What would you give it, Mike Dell? I'll probably go, uh, this is going to surprise you But I'll I'll go with 7 actually A little
1: high Because, yes, the dialogue's terrible The (laughs) uh, plot holes are abundant But George Perez does good stuff here And I like seeing the uh, superhero team book, you know, and there's a lot of fights in this and I love fights. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, There's a lot of wacky sound effects, wang, (laughs) boof and thock and all kind of stuff. So I think it's good fun, a a good fun superhero team book. Um, I agree. It's it's flawed. Don't get me wrong. It is very flawed, (laughs) but I still enjoyed it. It was fun.
0: So. Yeah, do you know what? Everyone gets some action and it's kind of like awesome.
1: Yes, uh, b- because, Mike, we did that Avengers book last week. And remember, mm-hmm. like, Miss Marvel, she did absolutely nothing, a complete afterthought. That's um, true. And there were a couple other, like, uh, who had no, nothing to do, basically. But here, every Teen Titan is prominent. They're doing something, you know? Yeah. No one's just in the background, forgotten about. And you get the side thing going on with Raven. So you're kind of intrigued, like, what's going on there? Uh, mm-hmm. what's, and I guess, what is the storyline That Her dad wants Raven to open a portal to Earth so he can invade Earth or something? I, I think, think so, yeah.
2: Yeah, he's like a demon, yeah. So, so the, there you go. That's like some classic, you know, foreshadowing and setting up subplots and stuff, right? Yeah, and,
1: and I really like the, the twist of the plot of the Hive manipulating the whole situation. They intentionally right. uh, killed his son in order to get Deathstroke. so i like that but the problem there is Mm -hmm. again the motivate why is deathstroke not able to see that his brain is working at 90 percent capacity good point how come he can't figure out that hive just manipulated him so that's a big flaw as well but still uh, i still enjoyed it yeah me (laughs) too me
2: too i I really enjoy it
1: yeah all right so next week get your tickets michael we're going to wakanda all right yeah we're going to go uh jungle <laughs> action number 10 whoa from 1974 this was in the midst of the rage of the panther stuff uh that made black panther famous interesting
2: so, i think i might have read this jungle action number 10 number 10 okay
1: and there's a fella in here named king cadaver okay and if way do you get a load of this guy that's okay. <laughs> And I believe this was written by uh, McGregor, right? Uh, John McGregor, yes. And the artist in this one is uh, Billy Graham. The superstar, the wrestler. Yeah, superstar Billy Graham. That's right. Part-time, the yeah, part-time yeah, TV evangelist. Part-time Graham. professional wrestler and part-time comic book artist. Yeah. Billy
0: oh, there's a boxer and a footballer too.
1: Wow, a lot of Billy Grahams in the world. Oh, no. Uh, that's great. Forget it. Just a boxer. Uh, did the guy who invented Graham's crackers, was he also named Billy?
0: <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Graham cracker oh
1: inventor. <laughs> be William Fitzgerald Graham. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Uh, so next week, Jungle Action 10 with the Black Panther. Sweet. Here, right? So, Thanks,
0: yeah. yeah. Oh, you're very welcome. Thanks
2: for having me.
1: Number four. In the books for Jolie.
2: Right. So, yeah, if you are in quarantine, like we are, we have 33 episodes before this one. So feel free to go back and find them. You can find us on uh, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Spotify, Facebook, uh, Twitter, YouTube, all under Comic Book Syndicate because Uh, it's as confusing as possible. We're we're also on Pornhub now because of this Teen
1: Titans issue. that's
2: right. Yep. So. Um, so yeah you can find us there um, feel free to comment feel free to email us at mail at comicbooksyndicate.com we, we especially
0: know. love it when you tell us where we got it wrong so yep,
2: we know uh, you're out there we know you haven't said anything yet but we know you're listening go ahead Mike Dell well I was just going to ask do you have an update on how many uh, correspondence we have received hold on let me just check my notes let me uh, zero yep so zero okay, okay sorry. <laughs> the double check? Carry the one. Uh, yep, yeah, zero. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. So, uh, please, please feel free to write. Let us know what you think. Let us know. Maybe you could pick some comics. Whatever. Let us know if we're doing a good job or not. Maybe you can send us some money. We're not on Patreon yet, but <laughs> maybe we will be one day. if We get more than, you know, five downloads. Anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> Everything's going good. <laughs> so, um, we'll see you next time. We pick a different Bronze Age comic every week. So, until next Tuesday